welcome to Movie Flex Double Features. We're your favorite movie podcast. Admit it. You can admit it to yourself. I'm, as always, one of your hosts, Estebs, here with your other host, Matt. Matt, how's it going? Yo, it's going good. You know, uh, we are your favorite movie podcast. Shout out to Dadcore Cinema Club, though. Uh, shout out to Hit Factory. To uh, two lesser good podcasts. No, I'm just kidding. Those guys are great. So, yeah. Yeah, hey, uh, and you know what? I'll shout out whoever follows me back on um, Twitter next, you know? Whoever whoever follows the, the podcast account first, um, next or whatever. Yeah, you'll get the you'll you'll get the uh you'll get the old shout out. But yeah, we're doing good. It's the weekend. It's just me and you. Uh classic relaxed vibes, you know, just dazed and confused style, just two guys hanging out who happen to be talking about movies. You know, you might as well be watching a Linklater movie right now, right? Uh, yeah, dude, I'm I'm high off of my uh, viewing of the 40th anniversary screening of the thing. Um, mm. Saw Mad God this weekend. You know, I'm I've, I'm basically a cinephile now. Those are both very interesting cinephile experience. Yeah, those are like you should get like a badge or something. Or do they do like a uh, challenge coins for cinephiles? <laughs> yeah, I um, feel like yeah, I feel like I'm a I'm, I'm a fringe critic, you know. Yeah, uh, watching all these uh, actual movies in theaters is pretty nice. Yeah, no, it's it's feel it feels good, man. It feels like I I, I love like uh, I mean they still do it every now and then like when AMC because like I said I don't have like a cool trendy three D uh, indie theater near me, um, like I just go to like to AMC. But yeah, seeing an old movie is like it's insane. It's like oh man, it's crazy. Uh, seeing it on the big screen too. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, we love it. But yeah, I just wanted to start out today. We got a great double feature. We got the Mission Impossible double feature. We got the OG. We got Rogue Nation. I'm super excited to talk about both of these movies. Uh, one I had seen like a hundred times. The other one I I watched for the first time, and I'm really excited to give you my opinion of it. Uh, but first, I just want to see if there's anything on your mind, anything you know, um, anything you know bothering you from Twitter, anything in the discourse that's like you know just itching at you for you to talk about something funny, you know? Yeah. So. Um... You know, we we uh, who knew that the the heist film bracket would divide us, right? Like Vice apologists certainly did not. You know, he didn't yeah, know the power. Out, like, um, like yeah, it's torn. It's torn many families apart. Yeah, yeah. There's so many. Uh, it's like uh, walking into a, a, a old battlefield. You know, just seeing the uh, seeing the debris and the you know the the destruction of of uh, how it's tearing our. Uh, or film chat uh, apart on Twitter. Yeah, so um, I think it's already ended now. Um, but he, uh, so uh, mutual friend of the pod, future guest, vice apologist, decided to do a heist movie bracket. Um, and like I said, Mickey Mouse bracket, uh, you know, no rings, zero hose. Uh, but yeah, so it Tell was like, essentially- think that though. What? Tell them why you think it's a Mickey Mouse bracket. Well, it's a Mickey Mouse bracket because, uh, of course, you know, like I said, uh, like we've said a couple of times, like film Twitter is is kind of uh, you could write an algorithm on a lot of the uh, the opinions of film Twitter. So Heat was always the favorite to win. Uh, it never wasn't going to not be Heat. Um, yeah. Wrath of Man got knocked out really early. 
the Taking a Pelham 1 2 3, of course. The Tony Scott version got knocked out really early. Uh, that was very out. controversial, dude. Like, people, that was like, there's a most controversial. Yeah, people love that original. Yeah, it, it was crazy. Yeah, it was like people were saying, like, the original is like a superior movie. And then it was people like me who were like, Have you seen the Tony Scott movie? And you me, know? yes. I've also was team, t- I'm team, been known to be team Tony Scott m- in my life. Uh, yeah, I voted for the new one too. Travolta kicks ass in it too. Yeah, of course, you know, and then and then it was uh like I'm saying the power that that bracket held, uh, literally all of my mutuals, including me, you, um, vice apologists. I'm pretty sure um, Riffin watched the Tony Scott one too. They, they, it, I just kept seeing now rewatching, now rewatching, and it was nothing but the Taking a Pelham one two three, the Tony Scott version. Yeah, it so, was awesome, dude. It was like because I saw that, like people were fighting, and then I just happened to need a movie to watch at the time, and it was on HBO Max. It's still on HBO Max if you want to watch it. Uh, so I watched it, and uh, yeah, it felt like being a part of an event. You know, it was like it definitely felt like a moment in history. You know, like I, I wasn't like at Woodstock or anything, but I feel like you know I was at the I was at the heist movie bracket. You know, I was there. I was I know the guy. You know, I was backstage. VIP access exactly um yeah so that's that was going on the uh final round happened today uh, it was between heat and oceans 11 and uh of course the uh back from the dead you know like we said much like vice paul just said much like christ you know risen from the dead was fast five which you and i both voted for fast five because um one mm-hmm. thing that Dominic Toretto has taught us is you never give up on La Familia, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's family first, bro. And I fucking knew because I was like, look, I know what the fam is going to vote for. So I, I didn't even hesitate. I smashed that fucking, oh, man, I should have gone on the second account just to like, and I did this <laughs> with a few of them where like I would vote twice and I would tell people to, I'd be like, yeah, I, you know, and they would get mad because they're like, oh, voter, voter fraud, you know, whatever. Lock, lock me up, okay? Lock me in the same freaking cell as Hillary, okay? Well, uh, but yeah it, it's so funny like yeah it, it, it's so cool like um yeah like i i knew that a lot of people were gonna get mad as soon as i saw that i started laughing because i was like man so many people are getting mad that like he just randomly added fast five for no reason and uh you know um it didn't matter he won anyway he was always gonna win it's it's just like basketball like fucking golden state they're just gonna win every year like <sighs> yeah it's it's like a it, heat is like a, a a Boston um, sports team, which like, you know, it's just like they're, they're constantly winning, you know, championships yeah. and everything. But like, also, you know, I said in the group chat, something that I didn't realize would be controversial to uh, past guest Travis, but uh, yeah, you know, it was, I, I said that I thought oceans 11 is a better heist film, right? Mm. I don't think it's a better film. I just yeah. thought that the, the heist in the film was better, but uh, yeah. apparently that was a very controversial. It had a couple of, uh, you know, a couple of strong battles. Uh, like I told you before we started yeah. recording, you definitely should never try and format an argument while uh, like killing yourself on a uh, on the elliptical. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So um, um, yeah, it, it, it's uh, like like I said, you know, I I think I I, I laid it out. Um, and I guess people just completely ignored that message in the film chat. I laid out why I thought it was. I thought the, I think the planning of the heist is better in Ocean's Eleven. Like you see it, I think uh, 
the execution of the heist, right? The, the thing going wrong. And then, um, you know, the, uh, the, the eventual outcome of the, of the heist that is pulled off is, uh, is better portrayed in oceans than heat. Again, it's, it's a, it's a difference between heat being like a better movie but within like the genre, I think Ocean's mm-hmm. Eleven, because like you know, you and I had said that Ocean's Eleven is is a or, or like or like I had said that like um, Ocean's Eleven is is one of the most like influential in the wider culture of heist films, mm-hmm. where there's a lot of parodies, and you know, you had kind of said, well, you know, obviously it's it's it wasn't invented in 2001. Which I know, you know. I, was I mean, kinda... there's a long history to like draw from of heist movies. Like, I just think, like, I don't like. I mean, on second, like, the more I thought about it, like, like I said, the there's this book I'm reading now about storytelling, and it mentions Ocean's Eleven as a great like, um, like example of like a twist. And I don't know why, just for whatever reason, I just always thought that like that was from something else. But like, yeah, I guess maybe they did it. Like that was like a, um, like. That was like a, like an uh, an innovation, you know, and it was like very fresh, and you know, I I mean, you know, it's like I I love those movies, but it's because like you know I loved hanging out with those guys, and you know they're all like you know obviously like cool, they're cool guys and stuff, but yeah, no, it definitely like my thing is like I think Heat has, I love Heat, but I definitely think it has like pacing problems. It's definitely too long. It's definitely, you know, I, I don't know, like the the whole like when um when Pacino and De Niro face off it's like so exciting and the rest of the movie never like hits that high again you know and they kind of like I know like I get the temptation to have these two legends like sit down and talk but like for the story I think it would have been better if they just like somehow dramatized that like in the in the end you know like with the yeah, and, and stuff, you know and, and the thing about he is like and, and, and by the way I, like I said I always thought he would um Ocean's Eleven was the better movie I just like I said I always just I'm like, yeah, like it was just it was like a cool version of like a movie that we've already seen with like the most famous guys. And no, I mean, it it is it is like I said, it is innovative. It is a better it is much. I think it's a much better script, at least than he like storytelling wise, you know, just like the thing like because it is, you know, to like establish on one level like this reality where they're like, you know, they're like being straightforward about the plan and telling the plan and like to have all of those parts work out, but then to have it, there'd be like this whole second like reality where like, Oh, there's this other shit going on. And like, we actually have a plan that like, uh, it's all based on the plan falling apart. And like, you know, um, yeah, the, the falling, it's really, it's really great. I think. Yeah. The falling apart is part of the plan, right? Which you don't know until the reveal, right? When they, or like, well, how did you do it? You know, and you go back and it's the flashback of uh, of things that you thought went wrong when you first saw it. But of course, it was, uh, you know, a ploy, uh, a ploy all along. And, and, and uh, you know, like a uh, couple of mutuals. I don't like this movie as much as most of my mutuals, but um, yeah. Ambulance was on there. Right. Michael Bay's Ambulance. And um, it is ostensibly a heist movie, mm-hmm. but. At the same time, like, uh, you know, I, I, I said that was never going to win because to me, like, you know, Ambulance is a heist movie, but it's also like the entire movie's the heist going wrong. And it's yeah. more like a chase movie, right? It's kind of like uh, Mad Max yeah. in that regard. So, so he more so than a heist movie is more of like a, a crime 
uh, it's more it's more of a Michael Mann movie than it is a heist movie, which I know is like obviously kind of you know a lot of uh, Michael Mann movies are heist movies. Yeah. But what I'm saying is like like in terms of the genre itself, I feel that Ocean's Eleven was more representative of the genre of heist than heat you know like if you were to say like mm. if you were to say which of these is a heist movie oceans 11 or heat i'd go oh well like heat is a uh criminal thriller you know action drama whatever like i would say multiple genres before i would say it's a heist movie whereas oceans yeah. 11 is like so definitively like the definitive heist movie you know well, it, it's think, literally it's the yeah. it's a heist movie that like all Heist movies that have come since have mm. based themselves off of. Yeah, I definitely think like I, I think they're both valid like approaches to the heist movie because like you know it's 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 you know it's definitely obviously the difference between like a thriller and a comedy. You know, like I think that's like a huge plays a huge part of it. I know like some people just like you know if, if they're even if they're not willing to admit it, like they just um don't they just think like commies are silly or they just don't take them seriously or you know like i know i know people personally who are just like they just don't like watching comedies they just think they're stupid um and i think that's part of it with oceans 11 but yeah i know i see what you mean like it is like if i was teaching a class or whatever you know i would show oceans 11 before i showed heat right because yeah for for, for um, a heist movie class you know if you're yeah i would say it's definitely crime movie class which yeah, a heist I, is a crime but like if you're showing like a crime movie class yeah, obviously you're I, gonna pick heat i still think it i still think heat's like a valid like form of the heist movie i just think like oceans 11 is like it's more like all-encompassing i guess it's more like it really explores like like i guess what yeah yeah i guess yeah what you're saying is like it really gets to the heart of the idea of like um like the whole team aspect of a heist right whereas because heat it definitely there is the theme, but it definitely feels like it's a cat and mouse game, right? Like, like kind of with ambulance, right? Where like ambulance is more of a chase movie. You could also say that about he, right? Like it's very much like a cat and mouse game. And yeah, it's in the setting of a heist film, right? Whereas like oceans 11 at its core is like exploring the, I, the very like uh concept of a heist film and like, you know, not so much as, like, the characters, but more, like, subverting the plot, you know, and, like, the whole twist or whatever. Yeah, that makes sense to me. The entire movie, too, is, you know, so, like, in Heat, it's, like, uh, there's, you know, there's there's things outside the, 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 you know, that's portrayed in the movie, right? Yeah. It's, uh, It's about the team. It's about the, you know, cops versus robbers. It's about interpersonal drama between them, you know? Yeah. And um, like you said, of course, there's that scene with uh, Pacino and, and uh, you know, De Niro. Yeah. And um, but uh, Ocean's Eleven is like completely, you know, there are some like personal interpersonal dramas between it. But like the entire like structure of that movie is around the heist. Yeah, it's all about the heist itself and less about the character. Like, Danny Ocean is, you know, they, like, they're all great characters. They're all great, like, you know, I don't want to say, like, one note, but, you know, they're, like, they're instantly, like, you instantly get, like, uh, the guy who's the acrobat who's good at hiding in boxes. Like, oh, you get what his what his thing is. Or, like, is it Casey Affleck and Scott Kahn who are, like, you, you, like, there's that great sequence. I think it might be in the third one where they're, like, they're supposed to, like, get, they get sent to a factory in Mexico to, like, 
um, do some part of the job, but instead they get wrapped up in like a workers revolution. Um, <laughs> I can't remember which one that is, but that's one of my favorite bits. But yeah, like you know what I mean, or like uh, like uh, Brad Pitt, he's the handsome guy who who's always eating. Okay, instant hook. You know. Yeah, he's like, he's like the magician. You know, he's kind of like good yeah. at cards and good at sleight of hand. And yeah, there's there's that. That's what I'm saying though. Is like just to kind of end it. You know, uh, yeah. Before we start talking about the movies, yeah, it's it's a. Uh, yeah, it, 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 I, I think as like a heist, it pulls off the heist part of a heist movie better yeah. than Heat does, you know. So that well, was uh, yeah, no, because because Heat is like also about like uh, like Pacino's personal life and you know, De Niro's personal life, and it's not like again, it's more about a type of guy, you know, yeah. than it is about like again, like, more than about the heist itself. That makes sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, do you have anything you want to talk about before we start talking about the movies? Oh yeah, just real quickly. Um, so we did a we did an episode where we uh, we talked about Existence, uh, the David Cronenberg movie, and even though it's not based on a video game, it's very much a video game movie. It's like the whole like premise, you know. I took like the whole movie's based on, um, and uh, it, it got me thinking about like. Um, there's this article that I've referenced, maybe on the podcast, definitely in real life, but, um, that talks about, you know, how like video games are like by far the dominant culture now. And, uh, I looked it up and I found the, the, uh, the actual article I was looking for. And, uh, it's from Variety, uh, and it's called Gen Z Rings Watching TV Movies, uh, as fifth among top five entertainment activities. Uh, and I'll just read it really quickly, quickly, uh, this part. Kids these days, they're just not programmed to watch TV like their elders. Generation Z displays a strikingly different entertainment preferences than older age groups, according to Deloitte's 2021 Digital Media Trend Survey. Among Gen Z consumers in the U.S., those currently age 14 to 24, video games are their number one entertainment activity, and watching TVs or movies at home comes in fifth. Um... It talks about how basically their top five, number one is video games, uh, two is music, listening to music, three is browsing the internet, four is social media. Only 10% of Gen Z respondents said uh, watching TV or movies was their favorite entertainment pastime the the Watts study found. For every other age group, so keep in mind, Gen Z, only 10% say that watching TV is their top activity. For the other uh, age groups, though, millennials, it was 18%, Gen Xers, 29%, and boomers, 39%. Um, yeah. So yeah, those numbers are obviously like very fucking like d- bleak and fuck because you know like yeah, video games more like culturally relevant and like um popular than ever. Uh, and movies like again, it just seems like it's more and more like an older person's activity. Uh, <laughs> like uh, you know, and I think the numbers are definitely skewed because like I think there are a lot of people who like maybe. You know, maybe they watch TV as like a passive thing, or you know, yeah. Because also, like, like, like how how is the how is it phrased? You know, is it like, is it like your favorite thing in the world is is watching movies? You know, yeah. if they say if they say no, then that goes against you know the the um <clears throat> the movie watching. But like, um, you know, people who predominantly play video games can watch like movies too you know what i mean like obviously a lot a lot of my friends yeah who play who are like yeah that when they play video games they just like have anime or movie going in the background yeah and and And, and i think i think like i think they go pretty hand in hand yeah 
Yeah, so so that so that's the thing too. It it could be, but but yeah, it, it's showing a general uh, trend of uh, of uh, you know because obviously you and I right would say watching movies is uh, you know yeah. at least for me it's you know it's my favorite pastime. But so well, so, being in the millennials yeah. bracket, you know we're eighteen percent. You know, eighteen percent of us say it's our favorite thing, so we're a little more likely. And you know, obviously, like in our experience, like we had, I we have Zoomer friends like uh, who like love movies, like um, yeah. And also, I think like I don't know, like I don't. Th- obviously, there's more options now, right? Obviously, video games are like more like they're at like they're like kind of. You know, you can say they were like what movies were in the seventies, right? Where like they were like the peak cultural relevant like thing, right? Like famous people, like new celebrities come from like you know, video you got like guys like Ninja and like you got all these like streamers, people who start out as like video game streamers who like they're the ones who generally like go on to become influencers and like streamers, like other kinds of streamers, Ludwig, you know, people like that, like whatever. Like but so like there are different points in their history and i do think like you know maybe movies aren't giving people the best option you know like well it's also it's i don't know like we we, we know we talked we've talked to about like why they don't make like certain kinds of movies yeah of course you know like movies are kind of more of a uh, i hate to say this right because it sounds very pretentious but i will because and i don't care if it does but like films are a uh, more evolved medium than than games right like games it takes you know it takes a lot i'm not saying games can't be art or whatever you know um i just think yeah. that i just think that like uh films are you know uh something that you have to kind of like you you have to kind of actively watch and and it takes up you know like two hours and you sit there and you know a lot of people like scrolling through their phones or whatever so they're more yeah interested in like it's the much, fast-paced game it's play. much easier I, to stay engaged while playing a video game just because by nature you're using your hands and you're like more focused yeah yeah of course it's a more active experience i, I yeah. guess but but yeah it's uh you know but i also think like the other thing i wanted to say really quickly is just that like i think it's like an aging thing too like you know i i like you know, I know a lot of people who, like, as they get older, they're, like, you know, they get tired of getting their ass kicked on Call of Duty by, like, 16-year-old kids from, like, Germany <laughs> or something. Like, yeah. you know, it's, like, um, sometimes you just want to watch a movie. Sometimes you just want to lay back, you know. So I think, like, you know, I don't know. Um, it, it just got me thinking about this thing. And, like, we talked about Soul before where I was, like, you know, I thought it was a brilliant movie. But then I was, like, how does this movie, uh, like how does this movie appeal to kids, right? Like, if I was seven, I don't think I would understand the whole thing about, like, him being middle-aged and needing to die to get a second lease on life and, like, you know, yeah. all this stuff with the astral plane and, like, you know, it's, like, it's a movie. Like I said, it's not a movie for kids. It's a movie for adults who like kids' movies. It's a movie for Disney adults. It's a movie for, like, you know, grown-ups who want to pretend to be kids. But it's not a movie for actual kids. And, like, I, you know, look, I hate to say that, like, yeah, I'm a huge Batman fan, obviously, you know, Robert Pattinson, I lo- like, I love to work together. But, you know, I think, and you, I, I mean, it's more of just, like, a thing about the franchise, the property itself. Like, it's been doing this for a while, where it's, like, it, it wants to get darker and grittier and more adult. And it's, like, you know, okay, that's cool for the adults, but, like, you know, 
when I, you know, when we were kids, like, you know, I like the goofy shit too. You know, like the goofy shit is what gets the kids involved, right? So it's like, are you doing yourself a disservice by like not appealing to children? You know what I'm saying? Because like they're like the future of. I'm trying to be unselfish here. You know what I'm saying? And be like, you know, maybe it's okay that like they make some of the shit for kids. You know? Um, yeah, that's what I was saying. Kind of like, you know, the the idea of like baby shit. You know, like. Yeah, talking about like Marvel movies, talking about it's not it's like, the thing is like you know you and I have said multiple times it's not baby shit it's it's man man child shit right yeah <laughs> it's, it, it's it's man babies yeah like it's definitely not teenager shit like teenagers don't want to be um younger what kid is rushing out to go see Lightyear like why why is that a why is that yeah. I, I had a tweet about it today I said like that's like the Pixar movies have all been. So, like, Pixar movies were, like, kids' movies that were, like, kind of prestige you know? They were kind of, like, elevated kids' movies. They were, But they were still kid, you know, like, even from the original yeah. Pixar movie Toy Story, they were, like, elevated yeah. kids' movies, right? And you kind of could watch them as an adult and appreciate them. But, like, kids would watch them, too. And then at a certain point, and it was, like, I feel probably recently, they became, like, what fucking, like, maybe a kid likes Coco. I don't know. They pro- There's probably a bunch of kids that like Coco. But, like... Coco's an adult movie. <laughs> like Up is a adult movie. They don't fully like, appreciate all of the themes and messages and shit. But like they're not making those types of movies for kids anymore. That's what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, they're not making shit for kids. They're making everything for like I said people my age and it fucking sucks cuz like again, it's not actually for people my age. It's like for people my age with like the mental capacity of a fucking like, you know, 9-year-old. But like then, like I said, young people, like teenagers, uh, people in their 20s, they don't like being patronized. They don't like being talked down to. They don't like they do not like being talked like in like in baby talk. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's why, like, I totally get it. And I think they should do it more, actually. Like when Gen Z like revolts against millennials and shit, it's like, yeah, like because they, you know, again, because I, I don't count myself among the majority, but you have all these like fucking brain sick like disney adults who want to like you know they they selfishly want all media to be like for them and like you know or they want to like co-op children's media like the whole my pony thing it's like i don't know it's like whatever like okay adults want to co-op something that's supposed to be for kids like i don't know kids don't have a lot of shit you know and like we're not doing we're not doing the world a favor by like feeding them the most baseless dumb shit or like these like youtube algorithm like you know elsa spider-man ass video whatever you know like you know like all whatever like junk they get or like you know they get fed to them like we're just we're like we're just like creating the worst kinds of people um and uh, yeah i think i totally get why like movies are kind of alienating young people yeah i you know but yeah you've got two two great movies to talk about today yeah hey with all that said but yeah that was pretty good i think that was you know that was impassioned you know that was my my jimmy stewart moment that was my plea to like you know <laughs> well gosh uh, you know think about the, the, the problem with movies today is, <laughs> yeah no, movies i'm trying to be like clarence clarence i can't handle i'm trying to be like the cool old guy who's like yeah yeah jimmy stewart Oh, come on, somebody think about the children. Oh, no, that's not Jimmy Stewart. That's uh, that's more like Don Knotts. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Andy. <laughs> uh, with that said, first movie of our double feature. Uh, Mission Impossible 1, the first one, the OG, 1996, Brian De Palma, starring Tom Cruise. 
why don't you tell me a little bit about why you picked these movies, why you chose this double feature, and uh, you know your thoughts on this first movie specifically. Uh, I chose the double feature um, so that I could get you to watch Rogue Nation. <laughs> yeah, no, I was gonna watch. Yeah, you're. Yeah, tricks on you because I was planning on watching that anyway, and I was really close to watching it like the week before, and I'm glad I'm so I did. Glad. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not in a glad. rush to watch movies, dude. Like, I have a very firm understanding of storytelling structure and film grammar. Like, you know, I'll, I'll I'll take my time exploring the rest. You know, hopefully, I've got a few years ahead of me. Yeah, I I'm glad you didn't. Um, but specifically, the reason I chose these two is because I, I think uh, as a pairing, um, right with with the new Mission Impossible trailer that came out a while back, everyone was, um, you know, posting their rankings and. And, and, a, and a lot of people were mad that, uh, uh, you know, other people were were ranking um, the ones higher than than Mission Impossible one because one's a, a De Palma film, right? It's, a, it's you know directed by Brian De Palma, and so he's obviously a lot of people's fave. Um, so, and 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 it's also that one has a lot of uh, uh, not nostalgia, but like you know, people had seen one either, you know, when it came out or back in the day, and. And, um, yeah. you know, my Mission Impossible journey, much like my Fast and Furious journey, was kind of a, a different, mm -hmm. you know, I, I had seen, I didn't grow up with these movies, right? I, I didn't know anyone who really liked them. Um, and then, yeah. then I, I was hearing good things about the more recent entries. So I wanted to go see them, you know, the more recent entries. I think I saw like Fast and Furious, like five or something like in theaters. Yeah. And then I went, I went back and rewatch the the older ones and same thing with uh, mission impossible i saw ghost protocol call in theaters yes yeah, so with the mission impossible movies there's like different um phases right of the mission impossibles yeah. uh and so the reason i chose the two specifically is because the first one is kind of the start of like the first phase of Mission Impossible movies, right? Which are kind of like they're kind of like in pairings of two, you know. It's like mm -hmm. one, two, kind of are in a pair, right? It's a like kind of an auteur uh, director who's made like uh, you know like uh, films beforehand, mm -hmm. kind of taking on Mission Impossible, and then there's like the J.J. Uh, Abrams, right? That's when like in three yeah. and four, it's where J.J. Abrams kind of like becomes the producing partner um so he kind of starts this more like uh serious uh thing like uh, mission impossible and then like uh mccory comes in on rogue nation and he he did the last two and it becomes more of like the auteur i guess is calm and uh you know as as ethan hunt right plays yeah. ethan hunt and um you know he uh uh, McCory's kind of the, uh, you know, he he's obviously like a, a, a filmmaker in his own right. You know, it's not just he's yeah. not just like Tom's puppet or whatever. But at the same time, like you can tell that this has become Tom's franchise. Uh, you know, and, and and McCory kind of is more accommodating. You know, he will uh, he'll do these. It's you know the the crazy stunts like from the fourth one are kind of more um, yeah. front and center set pieces where the overarching story kind of comes into uh, with five as well. There's uh, recurring characters and, and they kind of uh, nail down a, a female lead too. So, so the first one, you know, obviously for people, uh, like I said, it's the start of the franchise. And then the fifth one, I feel like is more of a revitalization of the franchise. Mm. Um, I, I think also like 
uh, not to get too far in the weeds before we talk about Mission Impossible 1 more in depth, but uh, I think... Um, I think like the the uh, the reason that the franchise has lasted so long uh, and hasn't like died yet is because it constantly um, you know re- revamps itself, you know remakes itself. Yeah, yeah I, I can see that for sure. Uh, yeah. So, so uh, do you just want to talk about like I, I'm interested to hear like what do you think of uh, the first one? Yeah. So. Um... You know, I saw the first three in theaters. Um, this first one, especially, like I own the VHS t- tape, so I, like I watch it all the time. Um, I had like the action figures; they were like really cheap and shitty, but like I had them. They were cool because they had like little masks that you could like uh-huh. put on the toy. You know, and it was like it was cool. It was it was very toy toyetic, as they would say. Um, but yeah, I um. You know, I like I said, I've seen this first one a million times. I hadn't watched it in a while. Um, and rewatching it, you know, it's like it's definitely like a four stars for me. Like I, I totally like like I said, I I saw the first three in theaters, and then after that, I just kind of took a break. And then it wasn't until recently that I started like I watched Ghost Protocol, and then um, then I watched Rogue Nation for this. But yeah, the first one, I think like um it's like it's night and day from rogue nation like um it's definitely like a de palma movie for sure in a lot of ways like you know it's definitely got that like you know the way he like moves his camera and like his whole you know like the uh, split diopter shots and like you know it's got all the classic like trademarks of a de palma but yeah it's a totally different movie than like what these movies would become but um I still think it's good. Like, it's kind of quaint. Like, you know, you have to, like, remember the time period. Like, for 96, this was, like, really big. Like, I like th- this was, like, big and, like, like the the big difference, I think, between the new ones and this one is, like, heights, right? Like, we never go on anything high in this new one. <laughs> uh, we go on a lot of stuff that's, like, fast, you know, the train stuff. But uh, <laughs> this was before Tom became obsessed with, like, heights or whatever. Um... So yeah, um, it, it's it's like a completely different franchise almost, but of course like the same same Tom, of course. Um, they've done a good job, I think, over the movie is like of like letting him grow a little bit, like you know, letting him evolve somewhat. Like he's not like James Bond; he's not the completely same guy in every movie. And like you said, I, I think like like you know, Ving Ving Rhames and like Simon Pegg and like now Rebecca Ferguson, like seeing them like um as regulars like that to me adds a lot to it like i don't know it just it adds like connective tissue and it to me it like makes the movies a lot better just because like you know it feels like some something connected to like a larger whole and uh with rogue nation they do something really smart that like i'll get into when we get into that one but uh yeah i really like i said i in like at first i was kind of like oh man you know this movie's kind of quaint like it's very 90s but you know, like I said, me and my me and my brothers, we used to like play Mission Impossible. You know, we used to like set up our house as like a mission, and we used to do the thing where like we would like put our hands and feet on the wall and like climb up the like hallway wall. Like I don't know, it's kind of hard to explain. But yeah, no, we would like this was like a this was like a fun like at the time. Like I said, this was like you know this was like pre Avengers Endgame. You know, this is like pre a lot of like <laughs> big stuff. You know, like. Um, uh, this was like you know this was huge for the time. This was like a, 
yeah the, the fast stuff you know i, I didn't envo- enjoy john voight so much i don't tend to like ever enjoy him i don't think he's that good in general he's a piece of shit but like also like just separate of that i've never like seen the thing that at first at, for a while it's like oh i kind of liked him in planet of the apes and then i realized i was charlton heston <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah no i i like like the more this movie went on, oh my god, the fucking midpoint sequence, or, like, it's not the midpoint, it's, like, right after, but, um, the whole, like, Langley sequence, whenever they sneak in to feel the, to steal the, uh, the knock list or whatever, like, you know, um, god, what an amazing sequence, you know, from this point on, when he, yeah. he sets it up perfectly, you know, from this point on, uh, zero noise, you know, no complete silence or whatever, and, uh, man, it's just, ah, it's so fucking cool, like, like I said, I wa- like I watched Rogue Nation first, and then when I went back and saw, I was like, "Oh man, Ving Rhames has been there since the first one." I know he misses a couple, I think, but it was just like I said, it's so nice because he does like him and Tom's relationship. I think grounds Ethan Hunt like very in a very he grounds him in a very human way, you know, maybe like in a, in a similar way that like his like re- we don't get into it at all in this one, but like his relationship is with his wife, you know. Um, yeah so yeah ethan is very much like a uh he's like a superhuman right it, it, that's obviously like kind of uh mccory's um yeah. you know kind of like influence on the franchise and you can it's it's interesting like like again we'll His get to is that like ethan hunt is a superhero basically yeah mccory mccory's films um kind of make all of them as a franchise make sense like retroactive you know yeah um which are interesting I'll, again we'll talk about it more um yeah mission impossible ones uh uh it's great it's um you know it's got those set pieces you know the, especially the langley one like you were saying yeah. um which uh, you know like i said with oceans 11 right is like if you're doing like a spy thing like the the dun 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 yeah. with the with the like lowering down is always like a is parodied in so many things. I remember like, Oh yeah, that's kid, a, that, that, that was, Oh my God, that was parodied in so many things. Yeah. When I was a kid, uh, the thing I like before I even knew what mission impossible was, I knew what the theme song was and I knew that sequence because they did it in Shrek too. Like I want to say like the Smurfs or something like, you know, I'm sure they did it in like mad TV, like all kind of, yeah, they do that. Yeah. Um, that's like the classic bit that everyone like, and, and, and that's the thing, like, um not to get like off topic but like like in like with pta i know i say like my favorite movie is the master i think his best movie is the my favorite movie of his is boogie nights and my is the best i think is probably the master but actually i think his bet like greatest movie like if you ask me like what's his signature movie i think like there will be blood to me like penetrated the culture in a way that like not a lot of it like none of his other movies did uh like daniel plainview was like again it's something it's like this it's the thing that like everyone latched onto. i drink your milkshake right like it's to me like i don't know what, what i don't know what you want to call it specifically but that to me is the same thing as the langley sequence you know it's the same thing yeah, as like it, we're gonna need a bigger boat it's like it's such like an iconic it's it, it's a it's a it's a the uh is eagle 2517 scene from pulp fiction you know uh the, yeah the thing about it is though is like you know and, and obviously it's not saying like things that penetrate deeper culture you know like culture or yeah um yeah. you know good it doesn't necessarily mean that it's good but also like it to penetrate culture as deeply as like 
you know, these yeah. these things do, it obviously has something significant to yeah. to bring to the table, right? Like it's not like it hundred percent says can, something about the material. Yeah. You can debate quality um with you know without saying it's like if it's not culturally significant like you know it, it doesn't like like i don't think the you know the witch penetrated like culture you know and i, I think that's one of the that's my favorite one of my favorite horror movies one of my favorite movies you know so so it's not saying yeah. like quality but also like there are some inspired things that kind of break through right because like like I said, if you've never seen a Mission Impossible movie before and I go, done, 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 yeah. you know what that is. You know, because yeah. you've heard it in the, in the culture. And if you were to see the Mission Impossible Langley heist, you go, oh, yeah, like, I've seen someone doing this, you know? Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I think uh, uh, t- talking about it as, as a film, um, you know, it's my third favorite mission. The first one's my third favorite Mission Impossible movie. Uh, it's a five out of five stars for me. I, I think my, my top three Mission Impossible movies are Oracle, um, five mm-hmm. out of five. Uh, it's my favorite franchise, so it's you know, yeah, I'm a little little biased too. But uh, yeah, I, I um, I, I I give the first one a four just to like, because I think it's a good number to like, you know, leave some room just in case, like, like you know, we would get on like I like you know. I don't want to spoil it, but okay, like three, three, three might be a four and a half for me, whereas two might be a three and a half. So I feel like calling one a four is like a solid like barometer of the rest of the series. Yeah, that's you know I obviously like I said yeah. it's my favorite franchise, so I, I like it a little more. But but yeah, um, uh, but specifically, yeah, like you said, it's kind of you know it's it's older. There's a lot of like you said, it's a Brian. It's definitely a Brian De Palma film. You know, there's a lot of shots in it that are are you know incredible, right? That like you said, the Langley sequence is uh, is such an incredible uh, set piece. I think the 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 reason why it's uh, three is because it's uh, it's you know it is a different beast than than the later Mission Impossible. There's no you know there's no really uh fights there's no gunplay it's all about spycraft you know subterfuge um you know, there much, are... we, ha- we have to mention the original series which i know you went back and watched some of like the first one is more akin to the original series where like you said it's more about espionage and uh you know twists and turns and less about like you know tom cruise trying to kill himself uh, by hanging outside of an airplane Right or like you know fist fighting you know who, who yeah. like the terrorists or whatever you know it's it's not like any of those. That's um, the born influence, I think. That because I think they started yeah, it, doing that after the born. Yeah, they they did. You know, three, two, two is uh, two is the John Woo action movie. You know, and then yeah, three kind of becomes the the yeah you're right the the born kind of esque uh, like action. Um, but yeah, so so one is very much like a like I said spycraft. Uh, and uh, I think one is not my favorite, just because of the yeah. last act. I feel like I feel like the uh, the train isn't necessarily like my favorite part. Of yeah, the that's machine. what I was trying to say. Like it, it, it was cool for the time, but I don't think it's aged well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 uh you know it's it's like as a cohesive whole. Right? That's why I kind of give Mission yeah. Impossible one like a five because like as a whole like that Langley 
you know, if you, if you take the Langley scene, uh, you know, alone, it's like, that's, that's cinema, baby. You know, you take some things from one and you're like, that's cinema. But like, you know, the, like I said, the final, um, the final act of the film isn't necessarily the greatest result. Yeah. Resolution. Yeah. And, um, you know, like I said, as a kid, there were just, there, there was just a lot of, uh, stuff in this movie that I thought was like really cool like the gum the whole gum thing like that was definitely something me and my friends would like imitate on the playground and like or me and my brothers would do like when we we're like playing like we would like have a stick of gum and be like you know pretend that like it was an explosive and like uh the mask whenever he's like uh he, he's taken to see Max like he's he, they put him under this like hood or whatever and um it's like a black hood, like a ski mask, basically. But it, I thought it was very cool. I remember as a kid being like, oh, that, that reminds me of Scarecrow from Batman. Yeah, um, it really does. Yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. It's uh, so I started cheering whenever Ving Rhames and uh, Leon the Professional show up. Uh, yeah. Jarno? Yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah. I was just like, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I was, uh, I was stoked. That's my, my favorite parts of these movies are when they do the team stuff. Yeah, it's uh, it's good because because the you know obviously the initial um, the the initial uh, plan is that they're you know they're um, they're they like his entire team gets killed right in the initial hop yeah and um, you know obviously it shakes up Ethan and and he you know uh, Claire uh, right which is John so John Boyd right his character he's from. Um, the original series, he didn't play. Obviously, it's not the same guy. He's like, yeah. to kind of tie it in, you know, obviously the new ones don't have really anything to do with, like, the original series, you know? Mm. But, like, in the first one, especially, like, it's set in the universe of the TV show. So, like, the IMF yeah. was, like, in the TV show is the same IMF that's in the movies. Um, it's just, like, evolved, you know? And so... Yeah. John Voight's character is from the TV show, and uh, none of the others are. So he marries his girl Claire somewhere along the uh, the, the way, and um, you know, obviously he betrays Ethan, and Ethan gets his yeah. entire entire crew killed. So he has to to you know to to retrieve the knocklist to figure out who betrayed him, right? To figure out who Job. Uh, 314 is he has to get to Max and to get to Max he has to have the Nautilus so he has to recruit his team uh, like you said which is being Rams and Jean Renault right it's uh, Luther yeah. I don't remember Jean Renault's character's name I was just like oh yeah it's Leon the professional that's his name <laughs> yeah so they recruit you know he, he gets them them to and, and uh, to help him break into Langley to, to steal the Nautilus yeah. which is a list of undercover operatives operating within the United States that Max, the arms and information dealer, wants, wants so yeah, that she it, can it, sell. It, yeah, it's a list of all their agents, their fake names, and their real names. Yep. And they do like a they do like a thing where they like think a guy's stealing it, but he doesn't actually. They're like, oh, he only because they're like, oh, he only has half the list, so he's stealing the other half. But that was like a whole decoy. Um, just because that, like that whole initial, basically everything in Act One, that initial uh, operation um, where his whole team end, ends up dead. Um, the point of that was that it was supposed to, uh, 
it was supposed to it was an operation to like uh seek out the mole because there was a second mi team that was like on their trail or like following them basically yeah so yeah so there's there's the mole and and um you know obviously as every single mission impossible <laughs> is uh, yeah. uh ethan hunt is disavowed right he is no longer you know his government is hunting him. he's got to go rogue perhaps you know yeah, going rogue is a, big, a big theme of these movies um <laughs> you know Sometimes yeah. you know. Sometimes you have to go rogue. Sometimes the president initiates ghost protocol. You know, there's a couple different uh, <laughs> things. But uh, yeah, um, like you said, you know, he's he's hunted uh, because they think Ethan, because Ethan's the only survivor at the point. He is being framed as the mole, right? He's being uh, set up. So he's trying to find. Yeah. He's trying to find the mole so that. Um, you know, he can clear his good name. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. And he, um, like you said, the knock, that's just a cool name. The knock list, the knock list. Yeah. It's a perfect, like MacGuffin, right? It's a disc. <laughs> yeah. It's a floppy disc. It, it, it's a classic MacGuffin. Like, yeah, it's from a time when, yeah, you could have a floppy. Di- like again, now, like our technology makes things so hard. Cause you're like, Oh yeah. Now it just like, you know, I mean, I guess you can maybe probably do like a USB drive or something, but like, you know, you could also just send it to the cloud. Oh, ideally. they do. They do a USB drive. They oh, definitely I'm sure do that. They do, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, they do. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, yeah. I, I, yeah. I was gonna say uh, also, uh, this movie's a five because it's got uh, Tom Cruise is uh, in a ma- so like. In the initial movie, right? Like the masks are like actual yeah. masks, you know. Um, Tom Cruise is portraying a senator. He's but he's 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 pretending to be a senator, but also the senator himself is played he's by Tom Cruise. By, yeah, no, I love that. I love that bit. I wanted to point that out because, like, yeah, it's a great bit of like, oh, see, when Tom Cruise is in the mask, he looks exactly like him because obviously the actual guy is played by Tom Cruise in a mask. It's a great bit of like cheap like effects basically like you know yeah. instead of like trying to get tom cruise to look like a real guy we just get him to look like himself in a mask he's doing uh, like a, a colonel sanders accent too he's like why well, i don't yeah. test well, well, i do declare that am i yeah no um uh it, it's great it's really i actually wanted to point that out because like i think it's like a, it's really fun like it's fun to see Tom Cruise do shit like that. I wish he would do more of that. I wish he would do more like fun voices and like, you know, bits and like, you know, I, I think, I think he's funny. I think he should do bits. Yeah, I, I agree. He, he, he definitely should do more bits as an actor, but no, he's too busy running and, you know, and he doesn't doing need to kill himself. He'll, he'll, he'll eventually <laughs> learn that like he's, he's magnetic without it. Like we'll watch him like, you know, we'll watch him just talk in a room with another person. Like, that's fine. Yeah, like, I mean, we whatever. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. yeah, it's it's a it's a great, you know, it's a great movie. It's a good, you know, I think obviously like the first entry had to be strong, yeah. you know, to continue. It was, uh, you know, it's the, definitely the strongest, like, like taking an old TV show spy movie and, and making a, or taking an old TV show and making like a new spy movie, right? Like yeah, better than I Spy or uh, man, yeah, Mon Man Squad, Man from Uncle, yeah, yeah, it's better than a lot of those. Uh, the Avengers, yeah, the those adaptations, yeah, exactly. So, 
Uh, do you have any final thoughts on this movie um, before we move to Rogue Nation? Um. Oh, there's a really cool like. Um, it's really hard in movies to make uh, being on the computer cinematically interesting. Yeah. Um, but there's a cool sequence of him sending the same email to like a bunch of different. He's just like <laughs> spamming people's inboxes and shit. Um, <laughs> yeah, and it's so fucking funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, there's this great shot of him like falling asleep at the computer. I'm like, oh man, that's me. Uh, that was me at work. That was me in my old job. <laughs> um, yeah, it was great. It's great too because like you know, back in the day, he could do that and like hit upon the right, you know, the right. Yeah. <laughs> I saw it and I was like, yeah, yeah. He happens to. Yeah, that's how small the world, the internet was. But yeah, no, um, like, yeah, I thought it was really cool, and um, I I saw that shot, and I was like, man, I'm gonna steal that. Like, I'm definitely whatever movie I, you know, I'll make at least one movie in my life, and uh, it did. I will pull out all the stops, and that includes stealing that shot of him falling asleep <laughs> at the computer because it's very cool. Of course, I'm gonna steal it. Great art, good, good artists borrow, great artists steal. You know. He has, that, uh, he has that dream of uh, Jean Voigt coming in with the blood, you know? Yeah. Also, what's so funny is the reveal, right? Where he, uh-huh. Ethan, Hunt, Ethan Hunt, like, solidifies that it was Jean Voigt that betrayed him. It's so funny because <laughs> when, they're, when they're showing the, the reveal, Jean Voigt's like, oh, no. And he's, like, reaching <laughs> down, like, with the, the red dye. But it's the slowest anyone's ever pretending to be shot. Yeah. Like, like, when it happens in a movie, you're like for the first time you're like oh he got shot you know because he like yeah. he, he reaches down and it's like one of those things where he like has his hands and his hands are covered in his own blood you know mm-hmm. um but when they go back to show you like how he set it up it's the slowest anyone's ever squished squibs on them and like rubbed it in and then like looked down to do the interview it's the slowest anyone could ever do that yeah i know i know it's so fucking fun. Yeah, there's a lot of cool bits in it. Like, there's um oh, there's a great line where Ving Rhames goes, uh, "We can't, we couldn't break into Langley even if we had the top of the line crypto." <laughs> yeah, and I was like, "Top of the line crypto." I was like, "You trying to make sure no one steals your apes?" <laughs> yeah, dude. Man got his apes stolen. Uh, yeah, no, I like I said, it was it was way more, it was way funner than I thought. I was scared it would be kind of like a badly, but it really didn't like it didn't. I don't know. Maybe it's because I remember seeing it from the time, but like it didn't really like obviously there's like some bits that are like kind of but they already like by this point, you know, there's already like Internet and like, you know, network wireless networks or a thing like it's not like ancient or anything it, it aged pretty good i would say like i said the gum thing like that's a classic bit like that's a great like you could do that now and that would be cool the, uh, the only the only thing that i have like a gripe about the gum bit is yeah. that well it, it's perfectly like kind of set up but like that you can never get away with like showing one gadget now because like that's what they do they're like mm. yeah i've got this one gadget for you here it is it's mm. the gum right because like normally they'd be like Okay, here's like in Bond films, they go, here's the gadgets we got for you. We got this gum, yeah. we have this like pin taser, and then like Bond doesn't use them all, you know? Because yeah. you're kind of like wondering what he's going to use. But like in Mission Impossible, he's like, here's your one gadget. It's gum that's C4. And they're well, like, I'm going to use it a couple times. 
He also uses the uh, glasses thing. That's a second gadget, the glasses camera, you know? Yeah. Um, I think it's fine. Yeah, whatever. I mean, like I said, it's a four star for me. Like, it has its moments. But like I said, I was expecting way worse. I was expecting this shit to like age like really poorly. I'm, um, I'm glad. But it did. It's super you, fun. I'm glad that you liked it. You know, I, I yeah. like I said, this is definitely my third favorite Mission Impossible movie. So, uh, you know, and it's not like I said, it's not. Uh, I, I just rate it really highly because it's you know it's my favorite franchise and 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 like I said, the the you know the only bit that i really have a problem with i guess is like i said the end the the train the train sequence is not is not my favorite you know yeah um yeah i mean it it was fine this time like like um like i said um you know i know we're not going to talk about it but i love part three part three is amazing um my boy philip seymour hoffman i'm gonna find her i'm gonna find her i'm gonna hurt her he's fucking amazing you got a a girl (laughs) I'm gonna find her. I'm gonna find her, and I'm gonna hurt her in front of you. Yeah, it's great. He's so yeah, crazy. He's he's, a, he's, a, he's fucking amazing. Um, that's definitely always gonna be in my top three. That one. Uh, and that's all I'm gonna say. I'll save the rest for the second half of the podcast. We'll see you back. Only here on Movie Flex Double Features. everyone and welcome back to the second half of the podcast we're talking mission impossible today up next we got 2015's rogue nation directed by christopher McQuarrie. really the auteur as you said is tom cruise um first time i've ever seen this uh why don't you talk a little bit about this movie tell us what you think how much you love it and then i'll tell you what i thought yeah so this is the second mission impossible movie that i saw i saw them theaters um I loved it. I probably see it, saw it two or three times in theaters, and then I bought it the Blu-ray when as soon as it came out. I saw the uh, watched the Blu-ray multiple times at home. Um, yeah, it's my my favorite Mission Impossible. Um, I think the reason why it's my favorite Mission Impossible is just because like it's a five out of five stars for me. Number one in my movie because um, I think it's the Mission Impossible where every Everything works. So, like most of the time in these movies, you have uh, one or two things maybe don't work, you know, as well as the rest of the franchise, right? Like maybe the set piece isn't as good, or like, yeah, you know, maybe it's like the action's good, but the set piece isn't. And it's like, or, or and it's like maybe the location, you know, maybe the car chase slash motorcycle chase slash whatever chase isn't as good as you know it could be. Um, but I think Rogue Nation overall is the most solid one where like the set pieces work the locations work the story works it's the first mission impossible to kind of introduce an overworking uh threat right with especially with mm-hmm. the uh you know the syndicate right the rogue nation as it were the anti-imf it also yeah. um you know it's got probably the best uh the best open opening it's got what's the the bit you know that everyone remembers in uh you know in the trailers is like the very opening mission and um it also solves a problem that the mission impossible movies had for the longest time which were female characters um yeah. they never could really nail down cuz cuz they they always had like 
you know, the uh, team would kind of change every once in a while. And then the female characters would come and go. They were just IMF members. Yeah. So like three had Carrie Russell and she dies. And then it has had, you know, Michelle Monaghan, she dies and, or she doesn't die. Sorry. Michelle Monaghan. And, and, uh, she's not an agent though. She's just a, you know, Tom Cruise in life. Um, but so they don't, they don't really come back. It was kind of like a one and done, like, like you said, in ghost protocols, Paula Patton, she's only in that one. Right, Leo Sedu is the bad guy, and then they introduce the, um, you know, this is the introduction of the, uh, like antithesis, right? Like, like Ethan Hunt's, I guess, like quote unquote match in the intelligence yeah. is a uh, female. Rebecca Ferguson plays uh, Ilsa Faust. It's her first time, and I think she's, um, you know, like utilized extremely well in this movie. So, um. Yeah, like I said, five out of five, and I'll get in more into it when we hear your thoughts. Uh, yeah, like I said, I specifically didn't rate this one on Letterboxd, and I haven't told you any of my thoughts about it. I was trying to hide it. I wanted to surprise you. Yeah, this is a five out of five stars for me. This is, uh, you know, I, I feel like the reason why I sounded a little bit like I was holding back with Top Gun, and I couldn't really say this at the time, but... I can say it now because, like, after watching Ghost Protocol, uh, I had this idea, and it, it, I, it, watching Grogue Nation only confirmed it. Like, um, you know, uh, I think these Mission Impossible movies are like the like gold standard of like action movies, like the of modern action movie making. Like, I think like they're, and I think this one is like again out of the six I've seen. Like, this is the peak. This is yeah, definitely the best one. Um, yeah, and. Uh, like, yeah, like I said, I, I think, like, um, you know, like, I was holding back a little bit with Top Gun because I just wanted there to be room because I I knew there was, I knew that, like, I don't know, I just feel like the Mission Impossible movies are just, like, like, they're, they're the benchmark, right? Like, um, uh, the, the big difference, obviously, with Top Gun being that, like, with Top Gun, the uh, villains are faceless, we don't getting any insight into their plans or anything whereas like with mission impossible you know you get the antagonist you get their like it's not just like um ethan hunt trying to like do something and like they're actively working against him and like they're actively working to sabotage him and uh yeah i just think like uh yeah i think these movies are amazing like uh I, like i said this one specifically just like blew me out of the water like i, I don't know like it's crazy. Like I, I went on a uh, letterbox and the only other people that gave it five stars were you and a uh, vice staff shout, shout out to vice staff. Yeah. And I was kind of like, some people gave it really low scores and I was kind of shocked. Cause like, yeah, I don't think it's hard to criticize this movie. Like, I don't think it does anything wrong necessarily. Like maybe it doesn't appeal to people's taste, but you know, I think like, Hey, look in a, in a decaying, rotting society, like the one thing you can rely on generally is like spectacle. And I think it really like, kind of that's what bothers me with like a lot of the other stuff it's like they like cut corners they do like i said there's like a lot of like non-union hiring of actors uh or like uh you know uh non-union hiring of like you know crew or whatever uh like trying to do things like as cheaply and as easily as possible uh and with that like there's no cutting corners in the mission impossible movies right like they don't there's no cheating. There's no like, oh, we'll just do, you know, I mean, obviously there is a lot of like CGI and like, you know, it's like, but it's like the CGI, you can't tell a CGI. It's like, 
it's so like because there's so much practical stuff too as well like uh you know like it's like not everyone has the clout to like get it in camera so i guess is, is a way to say it but yeah no tom cruise like i said i just yeah i really like these movies like i said they're not like it's not all blue screens and like cgi like it's like the real deal like it's like um like i said it he's like it feels like he's putting an effort into like making a good movie it's not just like i said it's not cutting corners it's not just how can we do this really cheaply and easily you know yeah so um like the opening segment of the movie right the the mission where they're so so they're hunting the, the the main crux of this movie is they're they're basically hunting the uh syndicate and ethan's been hunting them for a while it's a shadowy yeah. organization that's kind of like deep state it seems like it's like kind of like a fill-in you know they're um you know either disavowed or uh basically thought killed um intelligence agents that form uh their own nation right hence the name rogue nation they're, they're it, a group of rogues. Um, it, it's cool because like uh it's like the shadow self of the IMF, you know, it's like, yeah, it's the, it's, they literally say it's the anti IMF. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And they have their own agenda and they're trying to, to essentially topple, they topple governments and they, you know, um, kill elite political leaders and, and all this stuff in, in, in the, so like the opening though is like, is incredible. Cause it's, you know, they, they're trying to stop them from getting their hands on um, some plutonium and there's like a, cause there's like Chechen, um, there are Chechen, uh, pe- people like, uh, mercenaries who are transporting it. And so the opening set piece is like Tom Cruise, Ethan Hunt, he's got to get on this plane and, you know, he's, he's holding on to the plane. And like you said, so it's all Tom Cruise is actually on a plane, like holding on to it. Obviously yeah. he couldn't have held on to it. So they, the CGI is that they, wired him to the plane and the uh they just cgi'd out the wires so that's yeah, the... yeah it's like it's stuff like that like uh parasite has a lot of cgi but it's like like hidden like because it's like mixed with practical yeah like i said i i like i said because how many other movies have we seen supposed blockbusters like these past couple years come out that are like it's it's some of the worst lighting and comp- composition and like it's just some of the, like the worst like green screen compositing you've ever fucking well... seen yeah, and it's, uh, you know, like you said, it's practical. And, and uh, one of the most impressive things about it, and, like, what, what's even more impressive is that um, Tom Cruise had to wear special contact lenses, um, right? Because, like, when you're obviously flying, like, you know, it's really dangerous. So, like, speck of, uh, a speck of, like, dust, you know, flying yeah. that fast can really damage your eyes. So he wore these protective contact lenses, um, and he was blind that entire sequence. He couldn't yeah. see anything. Because, like, there's so much wind going that you basically, it's just, with the contact lenses and everything, you're, you're, you're blind. And that's what, you know, he's like, I couldn't see anything until they, like, landed and got the contact lenses out, you know? Yeah. So it's like, he really does, you know, care. And, and um, yeah, I think this movie's got the best, I think it really, did, like, out of the series, and I'm super, I'm, I'm excited to hear you talk about it, too. Um, I think out of the series, it's got the best of everything. It's got, I think it's got the best, um. It's got the best fist fight, you know. I I think it's got you know some of the best set pieces. The, the yeah, opera. I know it made you really nervous by being like, I'm not going to tell you what I thought about it because uh, yeah, like I said, I, it could it could have gone either way. I could have been like, I actually kind of was disappointing. 
Um, but no, I, I was like halfway through the movie and I was like, oh yeah, this is a five star movie and nothing for the rest ha- for the rest of the movie like changed my mind. Like it was like, yeah, I was like, yeah, this is like, uh, like I said, to me, it's like the gold standard. Like I don't like it. It's like the most definitive version of like a secret service. Like you're like not secret, like a spy kind of like movie espionage yeah. or whatever. But like, it's also, like I said, it's, um, I don't know. It, it, like I said, it, uh, the um, the script is just really well structured. It's very like back and forth. Like you know, w- will he like we know, you know, because there needs to be a sequel. We know they're probably, we know he's probably going to succeed. But like they're very good at like convincing you that he's in danger and like you know, oh maybe he won't. Right? It's got the best. Uh, it's got the best monologue that's ever appeared in a movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know the greatest scene in cinema history, uh, which the dick writing is insane. I love how much uh, you know director Hunley uh, loves Ethan Hunt. You know he's li- the living manifestation. It's the hardest thing anyone's ever said. Honestly, he's the living manifestation of destiny. He's probably anticipated this very co- conversation. There is no countermeasures against him. It's incredible, right? It's it's so good um the you know and and you know it's crazy because like when you watch the when you watch the movie again you forget how much of the good stuff is in this which is like the opera is incredible with the flute gun and you know and the the fight and the multiple uh multiple assassins right yeah you got the opera you got the you've got the plane you've got the uh the diving into the tunnel like having to breathe you've got the motorcycle chase yeah and you know you have all these great um set pieces and and also probably the most satisfying uh villain defeat in his in the history of the mission impossible franchise i feel like it's very it's so satisfying watching ethan win. yeah it's very cool uh like the way they do it yeah driving him in the box and then kip, like kicking him over is like the the best part yeah having the, it's the exact same thing that they did to ethan you know it's got like the cool the cool yeah just um the coolest, like almost Bond esque uh, henchman, right? The Bone Doctor, um, you know, is really cool. That's a great, like, cathartic uh, scene too with uh, Rebecca Ferguson. It's got, of course, you know, Ilsa Faust, which is the yeah. best, um, the best character to be introduced in the Mission Impossible, uh, you know, franchise. And, and I'm glad that they, you know, kind of stuck with her. Uh, funny, funny story about her. Uh, so she signed on, and um, she. So like Tom Cruise is apparently like, you know, he's crazy, right? He's known for being crazy. And, and, uh, you know, he would film for like, you know, all, all fucking dead. He'd film for like 18 hours straight or whatever, you know, and he'd do all these crazy stunts. And then Rebecca was like, I was so tired. <laughs> like, yeah. She was like, I, she, she was so nice. She was like, I was so tired though. Like I just wanted to sleep all the time. And I don't know how he did it. You know, like after four hours of filming, I was like exhausted. And Tom Cruise is like, crazy and like come on we need to you know do more stunts we need to do more yeah. action he was like i can't keep up with him i don't know how he does it yeah no he's built different literally like he's just like he's a different breed of person he's he lives for the camera you know um yeah and i thought i i like i said i really like, like i thought it was like it was intricate but it wasn't complicated you know what i mean like yeah it's not like you're not like oh what's going on like they don't like you get what's going on like it's pretty straightforward but like you know there's like enough twists and turns and stuff and like you know the whole stuff with like her being set up by her government like you know it's really good i think it's funny that like 
in all these movies they're like oh like uh they're like yeah they're like yeah actually is the bad guy uh but there's a the mission impossible force the mif or yeah the mif which like that's a really funny name like the IMF, uh, yeah, the impossible. The I, yeah, the the IMF sounds like you know it sounds like better than the internet. Uh, the uh, the impossible mission force, like that's that's kind of a funny name. Yeah, it's it's uh, great. I love it because like it's always like in in these movies, right? They're like, now that we've done some crazy things, but that's impossible. Yeah. You know? Oh, oh really? <laughs> yeah, that's what that's like the most unbelievable part of Ghost Protocol is like. Uh, whenever they they have to like climb outside the Burj Khalifa, like Tom Cruise is like, we're 130 steps up. Like he pretends to act like he's like freaked out that he's up that high and that he doesn't want to do it, but we know he wants to do it. We know he's dying to do it. Like I like, life, how, you know? I like how in this movie in in Rogue Nation, how uh, Cruise uh, or, or not Cruise, but Ethan Hunt like dies and then does a car chase it's incredible yeah. he's like you just died he's like what no i'm fine that was perfect it's like very funny and it's not the uh you know we always talk about like real funny versus like marvel you know like that just happened you know yeah. it's, it doesn't he's he just like like his his acting in that he's just like what no i'm fine like let's let's go like let's let me drive and he like yeah. backs up and immediately hits the car you know and you're like oh yeah he he just got his heart restarted it's, yeah, uh, it's a it, it's a hard movie to talk about because it's just like it's just a lot of cool stuff happening you know it's it's a fun movie to, it's an amazing movie to watch but yeah it's kind of hard to talk about just because it's like you know it's just like i like me telling you what tom cruise did is not nearly as impressive as like just seeing him do it you know yeah it's <laughs> but like, like and the motorcycle chase too is like you know yeah tom cruise did that and there's like a scene there's a, there's a part in it where he's turning and he clips his knee and he actually did that so like that like kind of moment of like him kind of scared of like clipping yeah. his knee you know not even scared he's just kind of like oh shit i clipped my knee that actually happened yeah. so it's yeah it's uh like like we said, it's a very you can talk about it all day long, but like actually watching, you know, yeah. watching it's in and so it's it's impressive how much the movie works. I think too, like yeah. you said, you know, it's very man. I, I wish I could have you know watched it for the first time, like you know, with you yeah. to kind of re-experience that. But like, I mean, it's it's infinitely rewatchable too. It's you yeah. know, it's it's one of those films that. Um, the more times I watch it, the more it solidifies itself as my favorite. Um, yeah. Mission Impossible movie. Like, like, like we said, you know, it can't be stated enough. Like, everything works in it. And I think that's, like, the difference between, you know, this one and, like, Fallout or this one and One or, you know, this yeah. one and any of them, really. It's, it's that in all the other Mission Impossible movies, like, even if they're, like, favorites of yours or, or whatever, it's, like, they're not necessarily, like, you know, stuff could be better, you know, than Rogue Nation. But, like, everything in Rogue Nation is is at least, like, good, if not great, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, it's like, like I said, it's like, um, I think there's, like, a common misconception that, like, uh, 
all good movies have to have like character arcs right like you have to have character change and like that's not true you know you, you like there you know um the uh what uh, was it say the uh, uh james bond movies are like a perfect example of that right like 60 years they've been doing these movies they've only gotten better and it's bonds bond right like they they sometimes let them like have emotional journeys and stuff and you can have people like learn stuff and you know maybe grow and change slightly which like i think like i said i think they've struck a really nice balance in these movies of like letting him change a little bit like i think the whole thing with his wife like with three and four is really cool like i said i i, I like stuff that carries over i like the larger story like the little bits like that to me is what makes it like worth because you know otherwise it's like well what what makes this like different than like any of you know of of his other movies like what makes a mission impossible and to me you know it's always like the team right like i i think like i don't know i just think the team aspect is really underrated like um and i i'm really glad that they've leaned more into that like you know as they've gone on and stuff uh because like even jeremy renner i think is great like um you know i he's not someone who i've been like i mean i thought he was great in, like her locker and stuff but He's not someone who I, like when I saw this movie, like I, you know, I loved Rebecca Ferguson, obviously in Dune and, um, you know, Simon Pegg's really funny. So I was like looking forward to seeing them, but Renner, I was like, all right. Yeah. He's Jeremy Renner. He's Hawkeye. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I like every, everything, like you said, everything works really well. Like, um, <clears throat> it's really like, even though, you know, ultimately he's probably going to win. Like it keeps you, it, it does a good job of like making you go back and forth right it's like every time he's about to like or every time something good happens like something bad happens you know and then he deals with it and then something good happens and then something bad happens and it just keeps on going over and over but like it escalates and stuff uh and yeah like i said it's five stars for me like i was really satisfying i i hope you're not like i said i hope i didn't worry you too much uh but yeah like i said i love this movie like i said i don't i don't know any other action movies now like of this decade that are like Doing yeah i don't i don't know if like you know you could obviously say, like christopher nolan he's a guy who likes to do practical and stuff um but yeah you know it's hard like i said it's harder and harder to find like real action movies like real movies you know yeah it's it's uh like you know and obviously it's my favorite franchise for a reason um it's one of those like film franchises that like actually care about the cinematic experience, you know, it's uh, they, they, you know, and that's uh, ma- mainly Tom Cruise, right? So I think it's the pairing. It all of, comes from Tom, yeah. I think the the pairing of Cruise and, and McCory are, you know, in, incredible because it's like they both, you know, care a lot, and you can tell that they care, and it's uh, you know, it's like a it's a fun like I, I don't want to say they're dumb, right? Because I don't think they're dumb, but like if you want to say like action movies are dumb, then it's like a fun like action movie but it's also like well made you know it's not like half, yeah, I like i think like um i think you can say like you can like people might say like oh it lacks depth right it's like whatever that's fine but like who cares like it doesn't matter like, but in also this situation. the vibes are impeccable you know it, 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 no like i'm saying like i'm not coming to this movie for the like I'm not coming to this movie for the same reason that I'm going to like other movies. You know what I'm saying? I'm coming to this movie because like I said, I don't want to look at like, 
what I love about these movies is that I'm not like on my phone. Like, I mean, maybe I'm a little bit on my, but like, I'm always a little bit on my phone, but you know what I mean? Like I'm not checking my phone. I'm not checking the time because I'm so like wrapped up in like what they're doing. And you know, they're very like simply structured movie. Like you can see like, Oh, here's the first sequence. And then it builds up to this turning point, And then here's the second sequence and it builds up to this turning point. That's the first act. And like I said, like, I think like if I was teaching action movies in, um, in, in, in like in screenwriting class this is like a number this is like definitely a movie i would show like because like i said i think it's it's like it's contemporary too you know like it's like a lot of like older action movies i think we like them because of kind of how create like cobra like you know cobra's create like cobra or like uh stone cold like those guys are insane for but like they're such arg- they're such like um relics of the time right mm-hmm. so like yeah that's kind of like what makes it fun to watch whereas these are like just legitimately good like these are le- like because if you ask me like what's my favorite action movie i'm probably going to think of a lot of bad ones right that i like like i'm probably going to be like oh well you know like a uh, hollywood cop or like samurai cop or like because like it's like oh when i think <clears throat> for you know I- action movies it's like synonymous with like cheesy or bad or but like i said these movies are not these uh these movies that's why I call them the gold standard, you know, they're, uh, I was going to say the Merrill Lynch, but you know, but like that, obviously, uh, but you know, whatever, like the big, whatever the most famous bank is like, they're, they're, you know, they're the, like, uh, Berkshire Hathaway to use a, uh, to use an investing reference. Like they're like, you know, that, that to me is what these movies are. And like I said, I, I, I always felt that way and I just couldn't express it cause I hadn't watched them all. But like I, after watching Rogue Nation, I can, like definitely say like you know um four was like a big leap like uh just like scope wise like scale wise you know climbing the burj khalifa is pretty crazy even though he had done the um he had done the uh, rock climbing one um um the only thing i really miss is like i remember like with the first three he would do like a like limp biscuit did the song for one of them and like he would like go on TRL, like Tom Cruise would go on TRL and like hype it up and like uh he would be like Blim Biscuit's favorite biggest fan or whatever. <laughs> like uh just cuz he was so in love with like the movie and hyping it up. He's like, "Yeah, Mission Impossible, like, you know, Limp Bi- or like Metallica or something." Uh maybe it was Metallica, whatever. But uh yeah. Like I I love I kind of missed like the spectacle of it. Like I said, on screen it's a spectacle, but you know, I uh you know, it could be a well, little he, more playful, I guess. Yeah, I mean, like when when Fallout came out on on you know on Blu-ray and you know on, it, on home, him and Christopher McQuarrie had the like you know don't have your like turn how to turn off motion smoothing like on your TV right to get like oh, the best yeah, yeah. quality you know so like he does oh I, know, I watched this on a fifty-five inch four uh, K so you know he does have the he has the. Uh, the love you know i think and the passion it's just yeah. like not you know he's not doing like the, the couch jumping and the you know like his interviews are pretty his interviews are a little more reserved i think i think the problem is too like he's been burned so much by the interviewers right that he doesn't want to necessarily like give all that sure you know? i think that's i think it's a problem with the interviewers more than you know, I think his passion is still there, but the interviewers are, you know, have, have ruined it for him. But, but yeah, I, I think yeah. like, you know, just like in terms of, uh, 
you know, in terms, like you said, in terms of like action movies, right? Like, like uh, thinking of, of like your favorite action movies, you know, it's, it's like, it's really weird that like, or not weird, but like for me, it's, it's one of those things where when someone talks about, uh, you know, like the best movie of all time, right? You know, you kind of like, you go, like you said, it's like, this is the best movie or this is like the worst movie, right? Like in hyperbole. But like, I, yeah. you know, you, you said it the best, I think, is when you said, um, this is kind of like the gold standard of like yeah. an action film franchise, right? And I, I, I do believe that in, in terms of the entire franchise. And like, Rogue Nation is the only like, standard contemporary action movie that's like in conversation of like my top 20 films it's my number 20 film like it's my 20th favorite film if i had to like rank them right and it's like crazy that i I like spy movies you know but it's like crazy that like you know uh, it's it's like on a different level to for me you know it's like it's like it's elevated you know kind of like the genre and i don't think like really any of the films have kind of uh lived uh, not not mission impossible but i don't think any like action films have really lived up to like the hype that i get when a mission impossible movie like comes to theaters like even even in my like peak marvel fanboy like when i was younger right days yeah you know and i was like excited to go see marvel movies like i have never been like you know, I've, I've always been like, okay, I'm going to go and watch these, you know, and I'll probably enjoy them, right? You know, like, or, or you know, I won't. Yeah. It's either or. But, like, Mission Impossible movies are the only ones where I'm like, I've got to, I absolutely have to see this. I've got to, like, go. Oh, yeah. I've got to be there, like, the second that I'm able. Like, like if if I am have to work the next day, I don't give a shit. Like, I'm going to yeah. sit down. If I have something that's due... I don't yeah. care. I, I got to go and watch this movie because like, and, and I might go see this movie multiple times. You know, it's one of those. Uh, uh, yeah. It, it's that like feeling you get when you're a kid. And it's like, it's so hard to recapture that as an adult, you know? Yeah. And mission impossible definitely do. Like I'm, I'm there for like, like who cares? Like, you know, it's, if who cares if it's not, you know, the Godfather or apocalypse now or, yeah. you know, whatever. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to exactly. be at all. It's not going for that. It's not like, you know, but what it does, it does, in in my opinion, the best that any of these like franchises or any of these movies yeah. coming out do. It's the it's the it, like you said, it's the gold standard. It's the best spy movie, mm-hmm. the best like you know action. Like yeah, like I love the I love the kung fu. I love the it, you know it, the it, shooting, the chases, the set pieces, the thing. Yeah. Like. Like I said, Rogue, Rogue Nation's the 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 peak of of that, in my opinion. And what this movie does that like not a lot of other movies do is that it doesn't like um there's like multiple action set pieces, but they're all different. Like you know what I mean? They're not like repetitive because that can be something with action movies where it's like uh it's very it gets very things get very repetitive. Like oh okay this guy's just gonna beat everyone up everything's gonna blow up like you know it, it's got like it's it's very hard sometimes to like you know keep keep an audience's interest especially you know I know a lot of people who like as soon as like uh, people start throwing punches or bullets start flying they just zone out like they just and I I totally get that because I've been, I've been the same way before where it's like you know 
it's like it's like the same kind it's like repetitive action it's like you know like you talked about marvel movie. it's like just a guy blowing burst lasers out of his hands or something where it's like no it's like you know um w- with these movies it feels like everything's well thought out everything's well paced everything's like like i trust that tom like i trust that i'm in a good in good hands with tom you know like um when I watched, like I said, I watched Ghost Protocol and Rogue Nation with my mom, and she's really excited to see uh, the next one. She wants to yeah. watch it tonight. I, I, I hope, like I said, I, I hope you're excited that I like this movie as much as I did. I wanted I, to no, save dude, it. I'm, I'm through. You know, it's always that thing because like, that's how that. I wanted to save it. Because I was like, I hope. Because I was like, yeah, like I, like I said, you know, there's a lot of stuff I haven't seen, um, but I'm not in a rush to watch. Like, there's a reason why I never watched it until now. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm glad I saved this movie until now. Cause like, <laughs> if it was a movie that I had seen a few years ago, I'd probably be like, Oh yeah. You know, like, uh, yeah. Like, I, know, I don't know. I, I don't know if I would have been appreciative. I saw it in theaters. Um, like the day it came out. And yeah. I remember walking out of theater, like absolutely blown away. Yeah. And like, I legitimately, you know, a lot of films it's hard for like a movie to just like appreciate value you know for like you know especially if you think of it like amazing you know and i've seen it like i said i saw it a couple times i think i saw it like three times in theaters like i went with a different groups of friends i'm like you guys got it was one of those you guys gotta see this movie you know yeah and uh yeah it's like you know it was like I've been on the the Rogue Nation bandwagon from day one, and, and like I've watched it multiple times. And you know, sometimes like I'll do some rewatches. You know, like I, I kind of said in the group chat, like I'll do Fast and the Furious rewatches and, yeah. and Mission Impossible rewatches every now and then. Um, Rogue Nation's one that I've probably watched the most, and I watch it like standalone. Sometimes, you know, like outside of rewatching like the entirety of the mission impossible franchise, like I'll just throw on rogue nation and, and like watch it, you know, I probably yeah. watch it like two or three times a year since it's come out. So it's like one of those, uh, I wouldn't even say that, you know, that's, that's a little too much. I'd probably say like, I probably watch it once a year, you know, like on average, yeah. you know, there's, there's some years I'll watch it like, you know, three times. And then there's other years where I haven't, I didn't watch it, you know, in, in between there. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's only appreciated in, in, in my eyes, like in, in, in value, you know, it's, it's kind of stayed yeah. up there and, and I'm still, every time I watch it, I'm still kind of like, I don't want to say blown away. Cause that sounds like, you know, film critic, you know, hyperbole, but I am kind of like astounded how much I like it still. <laughs> Yeah, like the next one's definitely gonna be like appointment viewing for me. Like, I feel I still feel that way. Like, uh, I felt that way about Licorice Pizza. That was like the one movie because you know I'm especially me. Like, I'm really hard to like get to a theater. I think like smoking weed at home and watching something like in 4K is like the peak of like existence, right? <laughs> like, just, you know what I mean? Like, like I said, I what's up? You're just a Cronenberg fan, dude. You just love I'm Cronenberg. I'm a huge Cronenberg guy. Like, he speaks the truth, man. Every time you post a quote of him saying some shitty thing about movie theaters, I'm like, he's fucking right. Like, you know, that's the only thing where it's like, yeah, Tom Cruise is saving theaters, but if theaters are just going to be places where we go to watch Disney movies, are they worth saving? And obviously, like, you know, it's a very, like, complicated discussion and stuff. Uh, uh, Yeah, but it's hard. Like, it, like... But like these movies are like 
the exception, a totally the exception. Like I would not lump these in with all of the other superhero. Like you get like again, like Tom Cruise, much like Vin Diesel in the Fast movies, like he's like he's a, for all intents and purposes a superhero, right? Yeah, um, he's a super spy. I mean, like that's the same thing with but, Vin Diesel, right? They're super like super yeah. spies, they, which are not... superhero like archetypes. Yeah, but I wouldn't. Yeah, exactly. But I wouldn't call them. I wouldn't lump it in with all the superhero stuff. You know, I think there's a vast difference between, like, I, I, like I said, shooting your movie in front of a blue screen, uh, for a bunch of like, non, you know, with a bunch of non-union people who are working like sixteen-hour shifts for like, you know, thirteen dollars an hour or whatever, and just like some insane like whatever like <laughs> situation. Like I said, it just sucks to see people cut corners and like try to do everything the cheapest way possible and stuff. And uh, yeah. for whatever reason, and like I said, with these movies, it feels like there's thought and care put into them, you know, like, yeah, all the twit, like, it's not, you know, it's not like a twist. For, like, yeah, we expect a twist because it's a Mission Impossible movie, but like, it's not like it's all well thought out. It's all like, it's not just like surprise for the sake of surprise. Like, it's all like I said, it's very well crafted. It feels like there's care put into these movies. Yeah, and, and you don't, and you I know, don't get that with it. Like, like I said, I don't really watch a lot of contemporary action stuff. Like, I mean, maybe I, I guess I do, but like, you know, I like if there's like a crime movie with like a guy who talks once every thirty minutes, that's a cool movie to me. You know, I don't really yeah. watch like action so much though. Well, I also I just wanted to say this too is like. Um, uh, uh, you know, like I know you'd seen um, that clip from Rogue Nation, like online, right? Because I posted it. That's the, that one tweet I had that went like, yeah, stupid viral, which is like crazy. You know, I'm like, why yeah. did that one go? Back? But yeah, so um, and I posted it before the trailer came out, which was interesting. Um, but you're a, you're a, you're a, like again, you're I totally get that feeling, dude you'll you'll do something you'll say something and everyone will call you crazy and then like six months later everyone's gonna be like or it might be years later but they're gonna be like oh he was right they might not admit it they might not even remember it but you will and you'll be like yeah i was right i was right like i i just you know i've been saying since i was 16 i was like look one day everyone's gonna realize weed is like not even as dangerous as beer and we're all gonna be smoking it and it's all gonna be it's gonna be normal like watch and it's literally the most normal thing you can do now well yeah, and and what I was like gonna say though is that um, that clip that I I posted right about yeah. you know and and like uh, someone says like I think someone commented it was like one of the first comments and it's like this clip gets posted like every six months and someone's they say the same thing it's like the hardest thing that anyone's ever said in the movie it's like in yeah. their right like, the entire clip every time right so the yeah. the speech that like Alec Baldwin talks about with Ethan Hunt yeah t- tell me. Watch that speech. Tell me how absolutely sincere it is, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's really like I think you know someone said it truthfully. Like the dick riding's crazy for real, you know. Yeah. Um, it's absolutely like so sincere, and it's a franchise that like treats its characters like you know with respect and with love, which is like completely the opposite of like modern like action movie like um you, you know like like there's very I mean, few examples, right? So like. Like if you if you go like a Marvel movie, right? Like yeah. fucking like the screenwriter of like the new Thor movie doesn't fucking care about you know Thor that much. Like it's not like like those movies don't care about their character. Like they're just kind of like the job. ringing ringing the characters for the every last penny. You know what I mean? And like yeah, 
ringing the like just just kind of like paint by numbers story. Whereas like the Mission Impossible's with you know they're not yearly releases, you know, so they like craft their story and like you said, it's not the deepest it can possibly be. But I mean, like that scene is amazing, and you go, wow, yeah. like the person who wrote this speech for Alec Baldwin knows that hunts the living manifestation of destiny it's the hard like it is it's the, one of the hardest things anyone's ever said about their character yeah it's great it's like have you ever seen network yes uh you know the scene where it's like ned Beatty, like the famous scene where it's like he's like just the devil like that's like yeah, yeah that like that's what I, I would put it up or there with that like as far as like greatest like speeches like yeah no it's pretty good it's like it's um like these movies are all written, you know. Like it's a, uh, especially like Alec Baldwin. You know, his dialogue specifically seems very like mammy. Like you know, like they're they're definitely writing for Baldwin. Kind of unfortunate all the stuff that's happened with him. Just like in general, like he's so good at acting, and like when he comes on the screen, he's amazing. Like he always kills it, right? But like then he just has like the most insane like controversies off camera you know and like it makes it so hard to like just be like yeah alec baldwin fucking rules but like you know because you know i remember when i was a kid and there was the whole thing with like him leaving the voicemails and like to his daughter being like you're a rude little pig and and of course there was the whole shooting and you know it's like man like it sucks but he he fucking rocks you know yeah it's it's interesting like too that um well i'm never mind i forgot you haven't seen fallout so um yeah it's it's a a final thoughts for me just on rogue nation i think is just uh yeah it's great everyone should watch it my probably my favorite action movie of all time on and that might be hyperbole but it's my favorite film franchise of all time so and my favorite film and my favorite film franchise obviously is gonna you know kind of be a little more elevated in my eyes. So, yeah, that's my yeah. final thought. What about you? Yeah, you know, look, um, even with top-of-the-line crypto, you're not going to convince me this is a bad movie, you know? Uh, like I said, <laughs> five, five, five stars for me. Um, uh, like I said, I, I think, like, I, you know, I was going to say, like, what even are action movies these days, you know? Like, what, like, because, like, like, again... The answer is like Marvel movies, right? It's like that's what constitutes. Well, the only the only franchise Marvel. the only franchise I can think of besides Marvel movies that has kind of stayed for a while in his modern day action films is John Wick, which like I like. Yeah, John Wick, like one, it's like a cool like John Wick one is one of those movies where it's like the guys like saw what worked with John Wick and was like, we're just gonna continue to do that the entire time. Yeah, it's yeah. like okay, like. Yeah, you can do that for like a movie, you know, and then like two and three come yeah. on, and you're like, okay, I've I've seen already seen a movie with, you know, this. <laughs> like, I don't need to see this that much any, you know, as much in anymore, you know. Yeah, and then it's like I think that that's like a big compliment to Mission Impossible is like, yeah, I know what you're saying. Like, I've always seen the first John Wick, and I'm like, yeah, like after a while, like a guy just like shooting a guy or like fighting, you know, like it. It's, it kind it's, of good. it's good. John Wick 1's yeah. good. John Wick 2 is like, okay, it gets a little ridiculous towards the end. I think, like, literally, like, one of my roommates was, like, talking about John Wick, and she was saying, like, yeah, it's just, like, she said, at a certain point, it's just, you know, 
the same thing happening and it's too much she's like three was like i i recently saw three and she was she was like three was just too i was like come on like that's too much yeah. like you're going too yeah. over the top at this point it, you know it, you know if that's me you know i'm putting john wick and ancient in like feudal japan right ancient egypt uh you know i'm mixing it up right I'm sending them back in time, all right? That's what you're getting when I'm going to get it. When, when they give me the John Wick property, because, again, like, dude, honestly, I think it's true. It's like, yeah, like, okay, I've seen a guy, like, disarm a guy, do some Krav Maga, fucking break his neck, shoot him. Okay, cool. But, like, after a while, it's just like, oh, it's just like, like I said, that, that that's a big compliment to Rogue Nation is that it doesn't happen in this movie. You know what I'm saying? That's what I wanted to be clear. Like, like I said, that's a very, like, common thing with action movies. It's just like, it's just the repetitive beat story beats and stuff and there's no like they're not even like attempting to do anything with you know at least the plot right like you don't have to, if you're not gonna you don't have to have deep characters but if so that means but that means you better have a badass fucking plot you know yeah and, i uh, exactly and, 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 yeah action action movies don't can't like necessarily survive on on vibes right like i think yeah. i think action movies are like you know they're they're great i i love action movies right yeah. you know but like also it's it's something that's like you uh you can have a vibe in an action movie but like if you're trying to yeah. coast on it it's it can't like like there's no going to be there's not going to be an action movie equivalent of like mikey and nikki right you know like yeah. just perfect vibes like all the no, way through. yeah like, it's it, you're there it's, to watch like a guy get punched in the face and and you know but like and you go, okay, there's some, like, inventiveness in this, you know, but, like, Rogue Nation, the difference between, like, Rogue Nation, I guess, and John Wick, is, like, John Wick is just, like, relentless action nonstop the entire time. And you just go, okay, like, I don't care about any of these people he's killing, like, there's no stakes, like, I don't really think he's endangered any moment, you know, whereas, like, even though you know, like, Ethan Hunt's, like, a super soldier, it's still, like, I want him to succeed because I'm super, I'm so invested in Ethan Hunt as a, like, I don't care about John Wick as a character. I just think it's cool when he shoots guys, you know? Whereas like Ethan Hunt, like I actually care about as a character. Cause like he's, and, and like his characters, the reason I care about him as a character is because he cares about the other characters. Like I really, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, that, that's like, what I'm saying. Yeah, no, dude, I, that, that's what I'm saying. One, that's what I'm saying about like how the team grounds him. Like they ground yeah, for sure. Ethan Hunt grounds, you know, like I said, they, they do the why thing for a while, but when they focus on the team, I think that's like the genius thing because it like grounds him like as a human, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, and, and yeah, that's what I was saying. And, and then like, you know, the thing is like, vi- like, you know, what's the vibe of a fucking James Bond movie, right? It's like guys who like, you know, buy Ciroc and think it's fancy or like, you know, like they're really into Philippe Petit watches, but they can't really afford them. And, you know, they love to buy like a BMW one day, like guys who think they're Joe Francis, right? Like, I don't know. Maybe that's really fucked up and like mean. I'm sorry if there's any Bond fans that are listening to this that are like I'm a Bond getting fan. mad at me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like what, what's the vibe? Like, you know, the vibe, it's very like, it's very like the vibe of a Bond movie is very like Aqua de Jo, right? It's like very like GQ yeah, magazine, it's, right? It's it's the thinking man's action movie, <laughs> right? Quote unquote. That's but what I, I, well, I feel like it's I see more what you're like, saying. You know what I mean? I feel like it's like a oh, like a like 
Okay, and again, I know I, I'm not saying this is you. I know this isn't you, but like to me, when I think of Bond fans, I think of like uh, like Ryan Gosling in um uh, The Big Short. You know, like American Psycho guys, right? Yeah, that are like uh, oh, this is cool. Like you know, Grey Goose, Martini. You think of, you think of Christopher Nolan? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I think of just pompous ass fucking like alpha brain dudes that are like. <laughs> you know, like I don't know. I'm probably pro- I could bet Mike Cernovich is probably a big uh, Bond guy. I don't know, uh, but yeah, I know. Like I'm saying, like I- I'm not trying to like disbond. I I'm only trying to I'm only saying this because like in comparison to Mission Impossible, like I said, Mission Impossible doesn't do any of that shit. Like the vi- like I-, I like none of that. There's no bad vibes with Bond with uh Mission Impossible. You know, the vibes yeah. are all like. They're like they're good, like you know, especially when Rebecca Ferguson shows up. Like, like I said, she's I, she's the perfect. That's the thing about this movie. She's the perfect person to add to the team. You know what yeah, I mean? I, I, she's, I, like I, a, she's a she's like a, a like a on like on again off again bad guy. Like she's kind, you know she's a good guy ultimately, and like that's card. the thing is that's like Ethan Hunt is like so blinded because he's like you know he knows she's a good person, right? And it's like. Ethan, like, you know, they said Ethan Hunt, right? It's like, he is the manifestation of destiny, right? He's like, the, he's like there to, there's nothing like political about him. He's there to defeat evil. He doesn't want like, you know, cause like all the villains want the world. Like initially it's yeah. like, okay, we got to stop Russia, right? Cause it's cold war, you know, politics, but like typically the bad guys in the mission impossible movies aren't, you know, like a nation, yeah. like if well, they're a nation, it's because they're going to blow up like, they're going well, to they're going to blow up like everybody like innocent people you know yeah well and, it's crazy because in uh like in in uh rogue nation they literally make england the bad guys yeah and yes for sure yeah it's great and um you know it's like the thing about it is too is like ethan hunt is like and and you see this in in this one and especially in fallout he can't let like a single innocent person die like he's just like yeah. Ethan Hunt is so like good yeah. that like you know and, and like I said he's he's so good because he's like a, a he's a character that like went through a lot in yeah. in the movies you know and has kind of like been filed down to like not a character but like his yeah. goodness is the thing that kind of like drives him and so you you know that Ethan Hunt, like Ethan Hunt's kind of like Captain America in the comic books right like in the comic books typically to like resolve like used to in marvel to like resolve the dispute it was kind of like captain america's the guy who's like right right and righteous right like if he if he says something it's typically like the morally right thing you know what i mean yeah and at least i'm I'm saying again in older comic books not in like the newer stuff but like ethan hunts the same way like if he's doing something or saying something you know it's because it's morally right and he's trying to save everybody he can't let like after the first Mission Impossible, where his entire team dies, and then in three, when Carrie Russell dies, he can't let a single person die anymore. You know, so like that's the thing. Like with Benji, you know, there's that scene in, in Rogue Nation with Benji yeah. strapped to the the thing, and he's like, I, I, he's like, I'll take us all. Like you can kill us all, but like you're not gonna kill Benji. You know, like he, you yeah. kill everybody in this restaurant, but like. You know, I'm gonna bluff my way to saving Benji because like no not a single person can die. Because I love Benji. Benji's my friend, you know, and the same thing with like uh Ilsa Faust. 
and Ving Rhames. Yeah, uh, Luther. And Ethan Hawke is my friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's great. Um, but yeah, no, I like, like again, like, an, an, and another thing. And like, sometimes Ethan can see the only way. <laughs> yeah, like what, what's cool is like, yeah, like not like, yeah, being being like, um, this could all be very boring, right? This could all be very boring if there was just a guy who like only wanted to do the right thing. But what makes Ethan Hawk, uh, I'm sorry, what makes Ethan Hunt interesting? Uh, someone clip that. Uh, anyway, what makes Ethan Hunt interesting is that his internal struggle is about the greater good versus you know the law or his orders right because that's the thing is like he's always doing the right thing he's always doing the thing that'll benefit the greater good but he's always breaking the rules like you said he's always um being hunted by his own agency which like you know that's a dramatic tool whatever but you know what i'm saying like um like like that you because like i said a guy just doing the right thing isn't like very interesting but a guy doing the right thing in the face of being like you know essentially a cia like super agent or whatever like you know that's interesting and i think that's so important that's like such an important part of uh keeping these movies interesting movie to movie yeah of course like you're so you're you know the characters themselves are like the investment, you know, like, like I said, like, you know, the, the, the plot, like the bad guy who like, you know, it's not, it's not like super deep, but also you really care, you know, it's not, it's not like, that's the thing is like the stakes are different, you know, like if I watch a Thor yeah. movie, I don't like Thor's not going to die. Like, and I'm, I know Ethan's not going to die, but it's like, at the same time, it's like, you know, it's like, I, I I don't want Ethan to get hurt, you know. <laughs> like, well, I want that, that's what I was saying. Was so, th- that's what I was saying that they were so good at was like, even though we ultimately know Ethan's probably going to win, they're so good at like going back and forth and like making you think he's not going to succeed, right? Because if like you give yourself up to a movie and you just watch it, there will be parts where you're like, oh yeah, he's got this in the bag, and then of course immediately something bad will happen, and you know suddenly his fortunes changed. And like you said, even though we know he's going to live in the end. They do a really good job of like just making it interesting and making you like second guess yourself. Yeah, exactly. But like I said, perfect movie. It's great. Yeah, you know, five stars. Like uh, you know, like I said, my my favorite movies are uh, I'm a little bit more uh, of a twisted variety <laughs> kind of guy. You know, I like movies that are like uh, dry, that are, that are taxi, Joker. <laughs> Fight Club. Yeah. Fight Club. Pulp Fiction. Uh yeah. All American Psycho. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, yeah. I like that tweet, by the way, like before we wrap up, I like that tweet where it was like uh it was so funny. It was like uh, a green text or whatever, and it was like uh American Psycho was like it's it's a based on a book written by a gay guy, like directed by a woman and and liked by the guys who don't like either of them. It's like how yeah, did they no, trick them? How did they trick him into into liking this? Yeah. I saw one that was like a, it was like a the picture of a Christian male in American Psycho with like the glasses smiling or whatever, and yeah. uh, it was like a it was like a black person tweeting it, and they were like, you know, white people aren't fucking around when they bust out this profile picture. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yo, true, very true. 
Um, <laughs> Great. But times. yeah, with that said, like I said, five five stars. You know, like uh, like you know, like you know, again, because you know we do have very different tastes on certain things, but um, that's why I like doing the podcast. Because like if I just like had to talk with some guy who is like you know trying to get me to watch some French movie, like you know, I'd be probably be pretty mad. Yeah. Um, do you want to go ahead and say what we got planned for next week? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I was going to say, yeah. So um, that's it for this week. Uh, now it's time to look forward to next weekend. Uh, next week, next episode. Uh, we are going to do, I believe, a boys episode this week, a bonus episode. Yep. Uh, yeah. And then. um. For our regular schedule episode, we're gonna have uh Shipmaster Flash from the group chat. Um and uh We're doing Suspiria, folks. Yeah, we're doing both the double feature is the original Suspiria and the remake. Yeah. Um we're doing both. I I have I own the original on Blu-ray. I've seen it. I like it a lot. It's amazing. Uh you know, I, I mean, look, if you're a guy who smokes a lot of weed, right? If you're like me, Suspiria is an awesome movie. Like, um I I'm recently like a guy who's gotten into Jalo. Like I, I watched Tenebre as well. You know, again, for for Podheads, dude, it's nothing but color it's color and gore and like hot girls and like fucking badass synth music like there's this uh scene from tenebre and uh it's it's really amazing but um the song they use uh, like it's like this cool like electronic like synth music but uh it was like sampled years later by this band called justice and uh it's like this like banger ass like just Badass dance music. But yeah, no, I'm super excited. Uh, but I haven't seen the new Suspiria. I've never seen either of them. I'm not like, uh, I, you know, I like horror movies. I don't necessarily seek them out most of the time, but I like some of the ones I've watched. And, you know, uh, yeah, uh, Shipmaster Flash is, uh, you know, he's one of my friends and he's a uh, very, he's a horror head. He's, he's like the most knowledgeable person yeah. about horror. So I'm very excited of, about having him on to talk about two horror movies that I've never seen and I've only heard about. So, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, I'm trying to write a horror movie now. I like, you know, I, I'm a Shutter subscriber. I do like, um, I like again. I, I like. It's not that I haven't seen a lot of horror. I've seen a lot of it. Like, but I just feel like if you want to write a horror film, if you want to make a horror film, you have to be an expert. Like you have to watch everything, you know, because the diehard fans, the diehard fans watch everything. So if you do something that's like lame or that's been done before, they're going to recognize it. And even if you're not like copying, they're going to think you're copying. And the last, one of the things that the last thing I want to say too, is like horror feels to me like the last, uh, like niche, like, uh, uh, you know, kind of like a, I don't know, punk rock, like underground type of fandoms, right? Like it just, it yeah. seems like, even though it's like in the, you know, it's it's like, okay, you know, like you're not going to be called a nerd if you're like a horror fan. Yeah. And, you know, it's not like someone's going to shove you in the locker if you like horror movies or whatever, but like being really into horror movies does seem like the last of that, like, uh, uh, like magazine, like can't wait for the, you know, all the horror movies that come out, like going to watch all of them. Um, yeah. You know, like those guys and like, they're not, 
they haven't like busted into the mainstream culture. Right? Like used to like comic fans were kind of like, you know, like comic book and comic book movie fans were kind of, uh, you know, they were never like, they weren't the dominant culture. Now it's like nerd culture is like the dominant culture, but it seems to me like horror is the last like vestiges of uh, kind of like a subculture, you know, like a counterculture yeah, it, within the mainstream. It's very punk rock. Like um, it's, you know, it's very much, it's like being into heavy metal or like playing Warhammer or something like, um, but it, it, at the same time, like, you know, like again, as a writer, people are telling me, dude, Horror is the easiest way to break in. People love making horror movies. They're very cheap. They make a lot of money. Uh, the hard thing, though, is that everyone's trying to make them. So, you know, you can make, like, something boilerplate and, you know, maybe get somewhere. But uh, if you want to make something good, if you want to make something that stands out, like, uh, it's – you got to really – like, again, you have to be uh, absorbed in the genre and – like again, this is the mode I've kind of been trying to get into. Like I said, I watched this movie called Popcorn on Shutter the other day. It was, it's like not a great movie, but it's about like this like high school movie. It's like a movie club, and they're like throwing a, a big fundraiser, and it's like a double feat. It's like a, it's like an all night movie marathon that they're doing. Um, and that's like I love horror because I love that you can do those kinds of movies in a horror film, you know. Um. Man, yeah, I love. I'm I'm glad we're getting into horror. I'm super stoked. Yeah. So uh, with that, you know, like we said, we'll see you next week. We've got two two great episodes planned. So hope you guys yeah. enjoyed the podcast. Um, yeah. Let us know what you think too. So yeah, listen. Tell your friends. We're not asking you for money, so not yet. <laughs> exactly. No. Yeah. No. It's all free. It's all good. No ads. We're here for the love of movies. That's why we mm-hmm. exist. We love you too. Yeah, see y'all. Good night.